0: want to take less than 60 seconds to tell you how you can support the podcast if you feel that the podcast is worth supporting. Step number one is you can go to 1-800-CONTACTS, assuming you have contacts that you're in need of, and give them a shot. 1-800-CONTACTS, they're a community sponsor, and we couldn't do this without them. Way number two that you can support the podcast is you can go to Lingo eyewear www.l-i-i-n-g-o-e-w eyewear.com and use code LightTheFight for $30 off your order. I actually just ordered my very first pair of sunglasses, of eyeglasses. I don't know why I said sunglasses. And I'm excited because they're sending me a few different pairs and I get to pick which ones I want and which one I like and keep it and send the other ones back. So LingoEyewear.com and make sure you use the code LightTheFight. The third way, you could visit us at Patreon and that is ww. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash Light the Fight. And what that is, is just a way to get some extra bonus contact content with us, connect with us on a different level. And we take a lot of deeper dives on podcasts. We're doing educational tutorials. So we got a lot of stuff that we're building over there. Come on all over. A lot of people have come over. It's as easy as five bucks a month. So that's Patreon.com backslash light the fight okay enough of that let's get to the good stuff now do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers although david kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment but same applies to any professionals who may appear on the light the fight podcast everybody, welcome to another episode of Light the Fight. I'm here with you solo again this week, but the good news is I'm going to give you a little shareable bites of this episode that you can easily share this with your family and your friends. And in fact, this is one of my favorite tools that I've ever learned about, ever like kind of taught people about. And I think going back to school this year, this be a great tool that you can share with your kids, or if your kids aren't open to it, you can at least do it with your kids so that you can model it for them. So before I get into exactly what this tool is and how it works, we've talked about it before in the podcast, so many of our long-term listeners, when they hear it, they'll be like, aha, we've heard him talk about this with the teenagers quite a bit, so you'll know what it is when you hear it, but in the meantime... want to give you guys an announcement on September 24th here in South Jordan, Utah, we will be putting on our first parenting workshop since the pandemic. So September 24th, it's going to be from nine to five. You get free lunch from cafe Rio. All you people that have been to Utah or come out in this area, familiar with cafe Rio. And you also get a swag bag that does include a light, the fight t-shirt and a cool Heidi swap decorated booklet with all the things in the workshop place where you take notes really pretty really bedazzled Heidi's very proud of it and I think it's great it'll be a one-day workshop if you ever came to our workshops before we used to do them for a day and a half now we're condensing it in one day so you get a lot of information from nine to five in that day and even the best news or I should say there's better news on top of us doing the workshop and that news is if you are a patron subscriber, or if you become a patron subscriber, you get a $100 off discount for the workshop. So, if you want to know how to do that, and you happen to hear about Patreon, or you haven't heard about it yet, it's very easy. All you got to do is go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. dot com backslash Light the Fight, and it costs $5 a month. I mean, you can it's five to twenty, but the bare minimum is $5 a month. And with that $5, it will give you a $100 discount. As soon as you sign up, you will see the access code to give you the $100 discount for the workshop. We look forward to seeing as many of you at the workshop as possible. For those of you who have been wanting to come to workshop for a long period of time, this is your opportunity. If you buy two tickets, you want to bring a loved one, want to bring a family member, something like that, we also provide another discount so it's cheaper if you buy two tickets versus one ticket. You can go to our website, lightthefight.com. You can check out patron uh, our link to this will also be in the bio so you can go to the website and it'll steer you to exactly how to sign up for the workshop get all the details you need and until then we look forward to seeing you at the workshop it's always a great opportunity for Heidi and I to get to know our listeners the workshops we've done in the past were really probably our most funnest moments because when we speak publicly we don't have a lot of time to talk to people when we speak privately in these workshops you know, we keep them to about like 15, no more than 20 people at the workshop, so it's more intimate, so you get all of our attention, but we do get a chance to have more personal conversation with you guys, answer questions, and the best part about it, I think, besides the information, is the connections that's made between the people that come to the workshop. I know everyone that's been to our workshop before has left there with not just great people they got to know, but vibing off other people and having conversations with other parents and other families that are going through difficult times. You definitely learn definitely learned a lot more about your situation, and you can benefit from other people's experience as well. So look forward to seeing you at the next Light the Fight workshop, September 24th in South Jordan. I almost said San Diego, California, because I was dreaming that it'll be in San Diego, California someday, but right now it's in South Jordan. So hopefully, hopefully we will see you there. Now, back to the episode. <clears throat> so I'm going to share with you guys today, in about 10 minutes, the smile experiment. So what the smile experiment is, it is the thing that changed my personal life. Now, statements versus questions, which we talk about a lot on the podcast, and we go into great detail, and I'll be going into more detail on our Patreon episode this week. Statements versus questions is something I learned when I was deep into my profession. I started seeing connections, and I started seeing patterns that helped me figure out the whole statements versus questions, but the smile experiment is something I learned in graduate school. And I learned it at a time that I was going through a big transition in my life. And in this transition, I really lost my swagger. I lost, I'm talking about socially, I lost my swagger, I lost my confidence. And I wasn't really able to walk up to people and make new friends. I, I didn't feel in a good place where I could just talk to people and feel comfortable in those situations. So when I came across the smile experiment, it was very helpful for me because at that time of my life, I was probably about as introverted as I've ever been down and out, not feeling all that confident, and it gave me the boost, but also it gave me the Master Jedi tool that I needed and the same tool that I've been using for many years for all different sorts of young people and all the adults that are willing to try it. From my personal experience, adults adults are not as likely to try this. They have more fear. They put up more walls. they're, They're less courageous when it comes to trying this small experiment. Now, the adults that have tried it, always have the same results that the teens have. But teenagers have been far more brave, far more curious, and been more willing to try the Smile Experiment because the way they look at it, they have a whole lot less to lose. When you're walking down a high school hallway and there's a couple thousand people in the hallway and you're constantly walking by people throughout the day that you don't know or you feel uncomfortable around, that's something that nobody likes. So the Smile Experiment for teenagers, it's it's a free pass to get out of awkward social situations Make more friends. In fact, the promise I give to everyone, and I will give it to you as parents and anyone that you share this with, in two weeks of doing the smile experiment consistently, you will make more friends in that two weeks. And I mean like genuine friends, people that you'd want to hang out with, people that are texting and messaging you, curious about you, wanting to get to know you better, and people that you actually form a bond with. You'll make more of those types of people, meet more of those types of people in two weeks than you did the whole entire year prior, yeah, Wrong T. Now, this is not the therapist guaranteeing you this. This is David the dude guaranteeing you this, but I haven't had anyone try it and really put some work into it that hasn't come back and said that. So without further ado, let me break it down for you. So I'll tell you the story. When I was in graduate school, I was taking a relational psychology class. In this relational psychology class, we were given an assignment to write a paper on something about something that we thought was interesting about relationships. What I always heard about this thing called the law of attraction. Uh, many of you have, you know, there's been lots of movies out there, lots of YouTube videos and a lot of great, you know, research about the law of attraction. Well, when I was in graduate school, I was writing this paper about the law of attraction. A friend of mine, I was starting in the beginning of graduate school. He was at the end of graduate school and he asked me, he said, hey, what are you writing your paper on? When I told him what class I was in, because he'd already taken the class. I told him what I was writing my paper on. He goes, huh. And he asked me like what angle I was taking on it. I share it with him, he goes, tell you what, come over to my house tonight, I'm going to give you this doctorate thesis, research experiment, whatever it was, that somehow he got a hold of, and he said, I'm going to give this to you, I want you to read it, and then after you read this, I guarantee you're going to change your whole entire paper, and you write your paper off of this, I was like, okay, I mean, I was really kind of confused why he was so confident, and why he told me I had to do this, but anyway, stopped by his house, picked it up. And I opened right when I looked at the cover, it said the smile experiment. And I thought, oh, no, this sounds cheesy, corny. And for me, anytime I hear anything that sounds cheesy or corny, that's something that other people just repeat all the time. I get real skeptical and real suspicious. But this guy was not like the type of guy that was cheesy and corny. In fact, he was super tatted. He was a professional Muay Thai fighter. So I had a lot of respect for him that he wouldn't tell me this if it was lame. So. He goes, just read the first couple of pages and trust me, you'll get it. So I read the first five pages and instantly I was blown away with curiosity. I was like, could this really work? I'm like, I got to try this. So in the research experiment, the researchers broke down exactly what they did that they called the smile experiment, had a bunch of people go out and try it, came back, gave their information, what they found, and I thought, I got to try it myself. So here's how it went. They first off got a bunch of models, like supermodels, guys and girls. They were just trying to run an experiment to see if there is something outside of just good looks that draws people. So they first started off with, okay, let's hire a bunch of, like five, not a bunch, but five male models, five female supermodels. All the male models were like tall, athletic, you know, dark, handsome, like, you know, the typical stereotype. All the girls, I believe, were like blonde-haired, blue-eyed, all tall. Every person in both those groups, the male and the female group, pretty much looked almost exactly like each other. They were same stereotype look male and same stereotype look model of a female. Throughout their experiment, they just had these people walk out through public places. They interviewed people that made eye contact with them, that had short conversation with them. And they just wanted to know off of a first impression what everybody thought of these models. Well, after they got done with this experiment, they interviewed every single model and asked them the same questions that they asked the people that they were in, came in contact with. So it worked like this. They'd see someone at the mall. They'd say hi, wave at the person. person say hi, wave back. They'd stop the person. Say, hey, you know that person you just walked by? We're doing an experiment. We want, you, we want to think like what you think of this person. What was their first impression? And then they said, you don't know anything about this person, but we're going to ask you some random questions. And then you're going to answer the questions if you're willing to do it. And then after you answer the questions... We're going to later then take it back and compare it to who the person really is and see how much of that first impression was accurate in regards to who this person is just at their core, at their personality. So most people went along with it. They said, sure. It was basic questions like, what was your first impression when you saw them? First thing you thought. Then it was, okay, what do you think they do for a living? What kind of family do you think they come home or they come from? Uh, were they good in school? Were they a dropout? Um, if you saw them in line at, at the store that you're in right now, at the mall, whatever, would you try to strike up, a, strike up a conversation? Stuff like that. So they go throughout all these supermodels. They ask them all these questions. At the end of the experiment or the next step of the experiment, they then sat down all the supermodels and interviewed them to get a vibe for them, had the cameras on them, but also asked them the same questions to see how close people got to their actual life just by that first impression. And their whole entire goal of this, like I said, they're just trying to figure out is there something else besides good looks that motivates someone that draws people to other people or do you have to be really good looking, really attractive and um, rich or you know have something that's super, that stands out about you to get people to be drawn to you. They believe that that wasn't the case. We all know people who aren't physically super attracting or don't have a lot of money, but for some reason, they just have this amazing power and something about them is just hugely attractive. Like, you just drawn to them. And I'm not even saying like a sexual attraction. More just like, a man, there's something about that person type of attraction that you just want to get to know them better. Well, after doing the interviews with everyone, they found out that one girl and one guy, or I think it was two guys and one girl, stood out above all the others. In fact, they were the only people in the experiment that the majority of the first impressions that these people that they interviewed had about them were almost identical like we're almost spot on to what their lives were like the majority of the models though the other models everyone else judged them completely wrong or just had very unfavorable uh, not nice things to say about them after they went back and looked at the videos to their surprise because they weren't looking for any sort of smile or any sort of thing like that to be of great importance they found out that the girl and the two guys in this experiment that everyone had a good first impression with, that people just genuinely were guessing what they did for a living, like the one girl they said, "Man, she's probably going to school to be a nurse or you know something that helps out people, whatever." Sure enough, she was a physical therapist, like pretty close to a nurse, and I think she even went to nursing school for a little while, so she was definitely helping people that had, you know injuries, physical injuries, stuff like that. So they were like, "Wow, like everyone liked her. They guessed her life pretty accurately. And then when they were watching the video, there was something very warm, inviting about her smile that was believable. You actually thought that, yeah, that's the person in that smile. Like you could just feel something about her smile was genuine and true to her, which made people feel very comfortable. And in fact, the researchers that were interviewing her, one guy said she was so beautiful. All the girls were beautiful. She said she was so beautiful. All, I mean, all the girls are so beautiful, they got really nervous. But this one girl... Even though she was super beautiful, she was so relaxing to talk to. She was so, like, she was like the girl next door that you just grew up with that the interviewer said he forgot how beautiful she was because she was just such a chill, relaxed, nice person. Same thing with the two guys. The other guys were flexing their muscles and, you know, giving, like, the the blue steel look with the eyebrow. But the two guys that everyone liked in the research experiment, that everyone said positive things about those two guys it was different come to find out on the camera when they looked at it they both had something very comfortable when they talked they smiled as if you were an old lost friend they smiled in a way to not be macho or attractive they smiled at you and it felt genuine it felt like they were smiling at someone that they cared and that that person smiled at everyone the same way You know, some people will smile totally different if it's an attractive person versus if it's an unattractive person, if it's a rich person or if it's a poor person. Some people won't even smile at anyone at all that they think dresses weird or has something awkward about them or different about them. So in this experiment, they found out that wasn't the case for these two people. Since that wasn't the case for these two people, they then said, I think we got something here and I think it has to do with the smile. After a lot of watching the videos, after running it back a number of times, they figured, okay if you can figure out a way to smile that makes other people feel comfortable, they put their guard down. Once they put their guard down, they initially think, gosh, well, what could I do back to return the favor to make that person feel comfortable? And they would typically smile back. But not just any type of smile. They would smile back almost the exact same way that the person smiled at them. Okay? A little bit of psychology behind this, there's something called mirroring neurons. Mirroring neurons, there's there's a little bit, I wouldn't say controversy, there's, no one knows exactly what they do, but a lot of research that I've read and that other people have done seems to lead towards that these neurons reflect other people's emotions and, and, and body language and stuff like that, right? Back at us as a way for us to determine how they see us. So in other words, the relationship when we're talking to someone is kind of like a mirror, now, with people that you know really well, you have good mind and reading capabilities. And so you're able to figure out pretty quickly what their mood is, if they're mad at you, if they're happy at you, or how you can be of help, or if you need to just kind of give them some space. Now, because of this experiment, it really uses a lot of mirroring neurons, meaning when someone sees you smile, when someone has, okay, if you were to have someone smile at you that was so warm, so inviting, it catches you off guard, but you don't really know what to do except smile back. They believe that if most people or if people were able to cultivate a smile that was really close to their personality, their genuine sense of self, other people would get that smile, just like the, two, the three models. Other people would be warm to it. Other people would smile back and instantly guards would be broken, walls would be pulled down, and people could have just a nice, easy exchange or maybe even Develop a friendship or maybe even go out on a date depending on, you know, their situation. So they got all this information. They thought they're onto something really amazing, but they thought, well, we tried it with models, right? Really attractive people. We're going to have to try it to see if it really works and holds water. We need to try this with a group of people who aren't really outwardly attractive and who people wouldn't typically seek out a conversation with them. Well, they concluded that there's no other best group of people to try something Out like this than having a bunch of teenagers that dress awkward and look different they said if we could teach these kids this smile experiment what they learned and have them walk out in public places and have them test it if it changes people's perception of them and causes people to give them the benefit of the doubt to not be so critical and judgmental of them so quickly based upon their smile well then this might be an effective tool To help people in social situations and help build confidence and to just ultimately make people attracted and drawn to who you actually are versus who you want people to or what you want people to see about you or what you want them to know about you, right? So just more of a general, general and genuine connection. So make a really long story short, they did this experiment with a bunch of seniors in high school. They were all over 18, but, you know, hadn't graduated yet. The end result of this was a couple of things. One, they had all these kids that looked different. They they wanted like Noah's Ark of teenagers. They wanted like two emo kids, two skater kids, two punk rock kids, two, you know, kind of gamer looking kids that looked like they really haven't been out of the the basement too often. Spent a lot of time in front of a screen and just kind of awkward looking, socially awkward. A couple of kids that looked like they had been gang related, had some you know some trouble with the law. They put all these kids together, sent them out to public places dressed how they normally dress and just said go look at people and say hi and see what happens and the will will be on the background in the background judging your interaction with them if it's a soft response like if they say hi to you or a hard response if they just look you up and down and walk away well they all went out the first time everyone like had horrible experiences in fact it was really hard for the kids to finish the experiment simply because they had so much rejection people were so rude to them people were so dismissive of them a lot of the kids said I don't care how much you're paying us we don't want to do this anymore it's hurting my feelings, a couple kids cried. So it wasn't exactly what these kids were signed up for. However, they were promised that they're going to have a chance to run it back and have a different experience. So over the weekend, they gave these kids these statements, these things to say to people right when they see them. Things like, hi, my name's David. What's your name? Let me get this door for you. Let me help you with those groceries. Is anyone sitting there? Thank you. You're welcome. Like just normal stuff, interaction. But when they had them do it, they said you need, they gave them steps. They said, look in the mirror, practice these statements, and smile while you're practicing these statements. But the trick was you have to smile in a way that if someone was to smile at you, you would feel comfortable enough to smile back. So they said you're going to run into some, some tricks or not tricks, you're going to run into some problems with this. Most people, when they smile um, at someone else, they're trying to smile in a way to make people like them. They said, this is not that. You want to smile in a way to make people feel comfortable while they're in your presence. And they believed if their theory and their hypothesis was that if you did that, people would respond better, break down, lower their guard, smile back at you, conversations would ensue. And worst case scenario, it would just be a good interaction. And if someone doesn't look at you, they believe that it'd be easier for you to spot out that, gosh, I said hi to this person. Most people are saying hi to me back. This person just means to be having a bad day. So they believe that you weren't going to be as upset or take it personal. if Someone didn't smile back. At you it must be something with them and not something with you. Well, they taught it to the teenagers. They told the teenagers, go home over the weekend, look in the mirror, practice saying things. Hey, how you doing? They had a list of these things. Come back the next week. They're going to send them out in the same public places, Walmarts, malls, all these different places, and just say hi and introduce themselves to people, make small talk with people, but they're going to dress the exact same way. Now, the emo kids, all black head to toe, I mean, black nail polish, black hair, black clothing, and it was just that typical kid that most people wouldn't want to stop and talk to. The gangbanger kids, you know, they had a couple tattoos already. They definitely looked rough around the edges, you know, just had that gang gang look style, like that street tough style, and uh, they believed the same thing would would work for them as well. So all these kids went home, they practiced it, they came back. The guys in the research experiment wanted to make sure these kids took it seriously. Said they wouldn't pay them if they didn't look like they'd practice. To their dis, to their dismay, every single kid came back the next week, and it looked like they had actually practiced. They found a smile that was comfortable, then per their instructions, they were supposed to, once they found a smile that was comfortable, to just repeat it over and over. Practicing, exercising the smile, getting your smile to that one specific spot. Also, they said the smiles that seemed to be more genuine, and later on, they didn't know this at the time, but later on, research had been done about this. When people raise their eyebrows really high and hold them high for a long period of time, it comes across as a fake smile, disingenuous. People that are smiling like, hey, what's up? Hey, how's it going? More of like a, like their eyebrows are kind of squinted down, but their smile is big. That smile showed that it was more focused and more sincere and not fluffy. Uh, I, I just imagine those, remember those glamour shots in the mall where people put their cheeks together? And like, ah, oh my gosh. Or like sometimes you see the cheesy, corny, like best friend, you know, cheerleader type, you know, s- smile pictures. It's not those aren't real smiles, but that's not the smile. That's a picture smile. That's a selfie smile. That's not how you want to meet someone in real life because it looks fake and disingenuous. So, without further ado, what had happened from all this? Kids went out. They practiced the smile experiment the second time with people in a public situation and had completely different results. The kids noticed that most people, through the mirroring neurons, this one girl, Natalie, she would flip her hair to the side to let her face be shown by her bang, like get her bangs out of the way so you could see her face. And she was all, hi, how are you doing? And she kind of like shy and bashfully kind of smiled to the side and turned her head. She said almost every person that smiled back at her, which most people did smile back at her in the second part of the experiment, smiled and tilted their head just like she did. She was blown away. She goes, what's going on here? Like they were like mimicking my smile, like without even knowing it. Then the other kids, the research experiment said the first time I did this, where I walked by and said hi to people, they'd look them up and down, say gross, mean things about them. The researchers would even ask questions and people would diss on them, say, oh, they're gross, they're ugly. I wouldn't start, start a conversation. They're so unattractive, this and that. They probably just do drugs or suicidal, I don't care about life. Come to find out that wasn't true at all. But in the second half of the experiment, the same kids dressed the exact same way, as is equally as unattractive as they were the first time they went out. But this time, they had to found that smile that just was inviting and comfortable and just not over the top, not bashful and shy, staring at the ground, making eye contact, and just trying to make people feel comfortable. In the second half of the experiment, totally different situation. In fact, everyone in the second half of the experiment said afterwards, when they did come across a few people that didn't smile back, they thought just that. They must have been having a bad day. If nine out of 10 people smile at you and pleasantly surprise and totally nice to you, but one person like looks down and walks away and gets all shy and awkward, you're not going to think it's something wrong with you. You're going to think something just must be off with them. They did focus groups after this. The teenagers all came together. They asked the teenagers to go for two weeks and try this in their high school amongst their friends group, write a one page paper about it, come back. They'll do another focus group and talk about their experience. Well, out of all the kids that came back, all 10 of them, the kid who wrote the shortest amount of pages was five. Someone wrote like in the 20s. They had so many positive experiences that were so blown away that when they would just go out of their way to smile, to make someone feel comfortable, not focusing on what they like. Oh, by the way, that's another trick of this. When you're smiling in the mirror, you're going to be drawn to the things you don't like about yourself, your nose, your, your acne, uh, your teeth, whatever it was. When I first did the smile experiment, I had a fractured front two teeth. I got hit in the face with a bottle. No need to get into that story, but I'm sure I probably deserve it. Karma, right? <laughs> got hit in the face with a bottle by accident, but it was broke my front two teeth. My front two teeth were actually crooked because I had six wisdom teeth. I actually had two wisdom teeth on top, two wisdom teeth on other top, pushed my teeth crooked. So my two teeth went crooked. So they're crooked and cracked. And if you were to tell me that I need to smile in public in front of people, I would have said, hell no. I would smile closing and covering up my teeth on purpose because I was so ashamed of them. Well, guess what people noticed when I covered my teeth and didn't show my teeth when I smiled? Something's awkward and something's weird. And so people focused on my smile and focused on my awkward, uncomfortable, broken teeth even more. And I knew it. When I did the smile experiment... They were so focused on the way I made them feel, they weren't focused on my teeth. And if they did happen to catch my teeth were crooked or broken, it didn't seem to bother anyone. It didn't seem to be like something that was an issue because I didn't make an issue of it. See, we actually draw people to our insecurities, our shame, and the things we don't like about ourselves by trying to cover them up. By telling people that you don't like the way your hair looks that day or you, you didn't get dressed or your makeup's not on or, or, you know, you're out of shape or whatever you do, you're drawing attention to that. So just like with the smile, if you have a smile that's trying to cover some, something up, you're going to draw more attention to yourself, but not in a positive way. These kids found out in the first half of the experiment, it did not go well because people judged their book by their cover, looked at the way they looked, said, I want none to do with these kids. Second half of this experiment, the kid, people looked at these kids were a little suspicious at first but then when the kids smiled at them everybody lit up and they're like wow that kid's different yeah the kid dressed a little awkward but you can tell they're a sweet spirit you can tell they've been through a lot everyone said the most amazing things about these kids and that yeah these kids have probably gone through a hard time but they don't look like they failed in life so this is what came out to be the smile experiment i taught tons of kids throughout this i mean literally if i'm trying to be accurate at least 800 kids that I know of now on my podcast and other things I've done. So it's influenced other people and other people told other people, but I've told about 800 kids ever since I found out about this, found out about this in about 2000. And what was it? 2000. I think I found out in the year 2000. So I've had the past 21 years to teach people this. I wouldn't tell people about this if it wasn't highly effective. You first have to practice in the mirror saying statements that you normally just talk to people. Always when you ask someone for their name, you don't ask them their name. You state your name first. You say, hey, my name's David. What is your name? When you do it that way, people know, what, people know what your intention is. They know that you're trying to talk to them. They know that you're actually introducing yourself versus if you just say, hey, what's your name? That catches people off guard. They're like, hey, why? Who's asking? What's going on? So it just doesn't start off on, on the right note. But if you try this smile experiment, With your kids, with your loved ones, with your coworkers, you will find that you'll break down people's walls because the law of attraction is really about, can you make someone feel comfortable in your presence? If you can make someone feel comfortable in your presence, I guarantee you they'll be more curious about who you are, want to get to know you, try to reach out to you more, and just generally, they don't have to have their guard up against you. People love it when they're around their friends and they're talking with people they feel comfortable with because A, they can be more open, they can be more honest, their humor is more relaxed and more refreshing, and on top of it, they get the other person to do the same back to them. It's just this mutual exchange through the smile. Your smile is really just like your nonverbal resume. You're saying, hey, I'm a person that's not going to go out of my way to get you to like me but I'm a person that's going to be consistent every time you see me. I don't know about you, but I like being around people who are consistent because I don't have to keep them on my, my watch list like, oh, I don't know how this person's going to act. I don't know if this person's emotionally stable or not. Usually people like people that are open, honest, and consistent with their behaviors and just make you feel comfortable. And that by far is the most attractive thing. When someone makes you feel comfortable, you feel like, man, I just got to repay the favor back to them by making them feel comfortable in return. So that's a smile experiment. Long story, very short. want you guys to give it a shot. want you guys to try it. Something that I've talked about and I teased throughout many years. I usually save this for the young people, but if you adults are brave enough to try it, practice in the mirror, or you can use your cell phone. Recording yourself on your cell phone, that tells you right away. If you don't like your smile, join the club. Nobody likes everything about their smile in the very beginning. That's why you have to practice it until you feel like it makes, it would make you feel comfortable Someone smile that you like that. One little trick that helps is imagining you're smiling at a little kid that's lost in a grocery store. Imagine you're smiling at an older woman or like an elderly woman that needs help with the groceries. And so you don't want to approach someone like, hey, you need help with your groceries. You're going to smile and say, hey, I would love to help you with your groceries. Can I help you? And then if the old woman in your mind says, oh, well, no, I'm fine. You say, well, I insist. And you help them and you move forward and they go, thank you. Because usually when people say, I don't need help, you can tell if they just don't feel comfortable because they would benefit from it and that you actually saw that they need help and reached out. But if you make them feel comfortable, they most likely will accept your help and you have a new connection and possibly a new friend. So remember those little hacks and how to be able to make it work even better by imagining it's a child or an, you know, an older lady. You also want to have your smile the exact same if you smile at someone that you're drop, that's drop-dead gorgeous that you're super attracted to or someone that you're physically not attracted to at all Your attraction to them, if they're rich or not, should not change your smile if you do the smile experiment right. Look forward to your feedback and your comments about how this works for you. And until the next time, thank you for helping us to light the fire.